0: It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. Listen, I love to fill it out the Eagles. but we all know drafting has to spend their four times. That's the opponent. Shake his hand and get to the damn locker room. Whether it's the fight in Phils, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. I mean, the Eagles had that game, and I hate the Saints. Like, put them at the top of my list now. With the Cowboys, the Giants, the Redskins, the Vikings are up there. Screw them, the Patriots. I hate the Saints now. And John Nita.
1: Jimmy Butler was your best player. So this offseason, I don't care how many millions it takes...
0: It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Happy Love Podcast. What up? Joe O'Donnell, John Mita with you. It's officially summertime. It's hot as balls in Iowa. How is it in the, on the East Coast, Johnny Mita? What do you got for me?
1: Well, it's hot. It is humid. It is here in Philly. However, we just got cooled down by a ferocious thunderstorm. So, a little cooler, probably in the high of 85. But, uh... As you know, Joe, I like it cold, so my house is nothing but 66 degrees and freezing,
0: baby. Well, I know a guy that does air conditioning if you need any help. Um, All right, so let's stick with the theme of hot, because you were hot after the Sixers draft. We're going to talk a little fills. We're going to talk a little flyers. But let's start with the Sixers, because NBA free agency has a life of its own. We haven't been on since the draft. You gave us some players to keep an eye out for. The Sixers went completely rogue off that plan, John Mita. Uh, to the point you were so incensed you called WIP. Uh I have the recording of that call, by the way, where you got run off the air after about ninety seconds. But uh why don't you share your disdain for the draft and then update the trust okay. the process faithful on how you feel free sure. agency went? Sure. You
1: know, I eight months. I'm I'm a draft geek, as you know, Joe. I watch a ton of college basketball. First of all, we trade with the Celtics, okay? If we've learned anything, if we do a little revisionist history here, we would know that if the Celtics call on the phone, we should never pick up, AKA Marco Fultz. So I'm thinking, all right, there's still some players on the board. I'm like, all right, they're going to take this guy. So the Sixers select Matisse Fabuli. Now, granted, I read a lot of mods of this, and I know that guy was on the board. Listen, He's the best defender in the country. I get it. But the the man averaged nine points a game in the Pac-12. He's got a phenomenal story. I get it. But nine points in the Pac-12? In my opinion, the Pac-12 basketball conference is probably number five on, like, the Power Five. If you look at the Big East, the ACC, the SEC, like, the Big Ten. Like, the Pac-12 right now, as far as competition, five. So they draft this kid, and I'm thinking, my God. So okay, well what do we give, what do we give up? So we gave up, you know, the Celtics get our twenty fourth pick. And then we gave up number thirty three. So I'm like, oh my God. So the guys that I really wanted and that I thought that could help this team. If we stayed Pat at twenty five, we could have had Nasir Little from North Carolina. He's got a similar skill set to like a Jimmy Butler. 6'6", swingman, shooting guard, wing player, whatever the hell you want to call. We could have taken Carson Edwards at 33, who would then fulfill your backup point guard role, can shoot the ball because the Lord knows we need shooting on this basketball team for those who do not want to shoot the basketball. I think we all know who we're talking about here, all right? And then you need a backup center for Joel Embiid. So the Sixers trade away. I'm like, oh, my God, my blood pressure is boiling. And then finally, 34, the you select, uh, 76ers select Bruno Fernando. Well, now I'm jumping up for joy. I'm like, finally, they make a pick. The guy that I like, he's 6'10", 200, you know, he's like 250 pounds, solid as a rock as an offensive game, still a little raw, but can rebound, defend, and block shots, and he's athletic as hell. If you look at the way the NBA is going with these centers, right, that's why the Boban Maranoviches are becoming dinosaurs in this league because they can't match up with these very athletic five lanky players. Fernando Fernando would have been a great fit three minutes later, traded away. I'm thinking, my God. And let's keep in mind, too, the Celtics at the 33rd pick, that's who they selected. Yes, that's right, Carson Edwards. So I call in 97. I've voice voiced Displeasure. And I was told that I was an idiot. So I cannot wait if these guys all pan out. And then Elna Brand goes, well, you're, you're going to know what I'm talking about. I needed every single dollar I could get. I don't put young players on my team. Well, the bottom line was this. If you walk down with Devine Harris and Jimmy Butler in free agency and J.J. Reddick, okay, that's three of your roster spots there. So either you get some, some, some crappy veterans or – Maybe you get some young players to go along with your very young nucleus. It's not like, boom, if we sign veteran players, it's it's, it's like the dream team all over again. Like with, oh, yeah, we signed three and four of these players, boom, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. It doesn't work that way. But why not have some young talent to fulfill roles? And I'm sorry. The other thing he's talking about every dollar, the second round, okay, these contracts aren't guaranteed, they're not guaranteed. So if the guy doesn't make your roster, you shove him in the D-League, or you just don't pay the guy. So where are you going to be strapped? You pay two second-rounders? I mean, another guy they could have taken, Eric Pascal. Now, we'll see who has the better career. You know, he's the bully or Eric Pascal. But he was certainly on the board there early on. I'm totally pissed about the draft. That's all I have to say. I, I hated every minute of it. I know the plan's in place now, but I'm telling you right now, you can't tell me Carson Edwards or Bruno Fernando, or maybe if they like selected a guy, Ty Jerome, these guys couldn't help your basketball team. I just don't understand.
0: Well, I hear you. I hear you, and I know you were hot about it when it happened. Uh, oh, let's, let's go to free agency, though, Yeah. and I'm going to okay. pose one question your way. The Sixers, sure. as they stand right now with their potential starting five, are they better than the team that took the court to start Game 7 against Toronto you know, six weeks ago?
1: You know, after examining it, I'm going to tell you that they are better. And here's why. And you look at a guy like Jimmy Butler. As people know, I was a big advocate. I wanted him to sign him, give him any any amount of money he wanted. There's a couple things going on. Number one, he doesn't want to play for the head coach. That's kind of been leaked out. And now it's clear and obvious, especially now there's been different reports that we offer him a max contract Did we only give him four years, five years. Again, when they, tra- when they traded for Tobias Harris, I said, at the very least, it gives you a security blanket if Jimmy Butler decides to bolt in free agency. So, you signed Tobias. Did you overpay? 100%. You overpaid. But you had to overpay in order to get his services. The good thing is, he's only 26 years old. I know he shot terribly last year in the playoffs, and but he really hasn't had a lot of playoff experience. That was the first time he had some real heart, you know, big time experience. The other thing is he was the fourth fiddle and the um, you know basically he was the fourth option. Now he becomes like the second or third option. So he might be able to average twenty two points a game next year. He certainly has the ability. If he shoots it better behind the three point line, I think he'll be right there. The big thing is, okay, so if you didn't get if you weren't running back with Jimmy Butler, you get the best consolation. Al Horford, again, probably an overpay. There was news out four days ago that a mystery team was inquiring about Hortford services. They were offering four years, $109 million. It was reported that it was the New Orleans Pelicans. It turns out it was your Philadelphia 76ers. I love that move, and here's why. This is why I like that move. I know he's a little older in the two. However, the guy keeps himself in pretty good shape. He's been in a lot of big games. He's got that veteran experience. And he already has a relationship. It seems that him and Joel Embiid two years ago hit it off at the All-Star Game. They seem to like each other. And maybe this is a guy that can help motivate Joel Embiid. The other thing is Horford wanted to play the four position, a position that kind of we were putting Tobias Harrison. Now, now Tobias slides to the three, Horford goes to the four, and he can also spell Embiid at the five. So now you're killing... Two birds with one stone. I'm sorry, Peta. I said it. If you want, come on SoundCloud and find me. I don't care. Anyway, but like he fulfills two roles, so that is huge. So that's important. Another good thing is in the Jimmy Butler signing trade, Jimmy didn't want to be here, so what did you do? You got something in return. So they get a shooting guard in Josh Richardson. He's a young guy. He's about 25, 26 years old. You know, 6'6", long, Really good defender, good on ball defender. So now your roster, your smallest guy in your starting five is six six and above. That will spell matchup nightmares for the rest of the NBA. I think the one thing that worried me is how the hell are we going to fill out this fence? JJ Redick goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. I thought he was either going to re-sign with the six or go to the Brooklyn Nets, considering that's where he makes his home. But he ran and took the thirteen million a year. That way, he can make over 100 million dollars as an NBA career, which to me is mind blowing. When he was coming out of Duke, but God love him. Thanks for your service. But again, he was a liability on the defensive end. Now you have Richardson. But Richardson averages 16 points a game. He shoots it at like 36, 37 percent. You know, can create his own shots. So, and he's a and he's actually a very good passer. So, I think we make great additions. Then you look at the bench. Now all the bench pieces are falling in right now. You got Mike Scott. You got the rookie who they're all pumped up about, Matisse Sabouli. Uh, then you got Brett Brown's guy, Zaire, Zaire Smith. They signed, I don't know, Quinn. You know, you would think he's some Irish guy, but he's not. Yeah, it's from the Penn Pacers, center. right? Yeah, From the Pacers, right. Good defender, you know, more athletic than Mir Johnson. All offensively, they're about a stalemate between those two. But another body. Then they signed James Dennis to another deal. He, he, he played some decent bench minutes for you. And that's pretty much the roster. Now, again, I would love to see them pick up another point guard. A guy that I liked and had some good playoff experience this year and is kind of, I think, coming into his own is a guy uh, from Duke, which is his name, Quinn Cook. He's still available. I wouldn't mind seeing them. And they need another backup point guard.
0: He was at the Warriors last, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So, as much as, you know, people would love to see T.J. McConnell back, I just – I want to see another point guard that can hit some shots and do a little scoring. Dispel Ben Simmons. So, and let
0: me let deal. me, let, let me jump in for a quick sure. second. and I We could spend hours talking about super teams and where everybody else yeah, went yeah. free agency, sure. and I don't care about sure. any of that. I just, you know, are they a better team? Do they have a better chance to win a title? And I love Horford because – you know, From watching the playoffs last year when the Sixers and the Celtics went in and yeah. from watching them yeah. play this year, he's a gamer. And he's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. He's got a little moxie to him. He can score. And I just feel yeah. like he gives your, your your group, your team, your roster a, a boost, like emotionally. He's just one of those guys that you can go to battle with. So I like that pickup. I don't know much about Josh Richardson. But what you mentioned to me yesterday when we were chatting that Ben Simmons, you know, and I saw this too as well, that, you know, was being talked about as a, um, you know, offering him a contract extension, like big time money. And that makes me nervous, big time. So talk me off the ledge, John Mina, because I'm not ready for Ben Simmons to, you know, have the Brinks truck backed up outside Wells Fargo and for uh, the Sixers just commit to him long-term. Because if anything – I don't know that he's progressing the last year, year and a half. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: I mean, listen, people know my feelings on Ben Simmons. Um, you know what worries me is the guy goes from year two to year three, and there is no improvement.
0: Right, that's you what know? I'm and saying. It, so where, where, what's the rush? What's the talking, rush?
1: Well, here, here, here's okay. To support this contract. This is what they'll tell you. You sign him, you lock him out right now. You get him at 170 million. If next year, if he makes like an all NBA team, first team or second, whatever, then then he could get involved with like maybe like a super which then be over 200 million, something crazy like that or upwards. So
0: well, now, let me ask you this you, then: If you sign him I, now because it's a because yeah. it's a bargain deal, so to speak, and I use that term very right. loosely, and he sure. doesn't progress more do you think he can be moved?
1: That is a huge question. You know, is there
0: enough Is there enough still good highlight reel sample size where teams are yeah. like, man, this guy's a steal at his cost, and yeah. we see his ceiling still higher, and you can move oh. him? Because that's what concerns me is that you lock him in, he doesn't improve yeah. that much, and now six years from now, you're going, dear God.
1: Yeah, well, here's. I think if we want to look at pros, of lock in him early, right? You're going to pay a cheaper rate than you would maybe a year or two down the line, so that's good. The other thing is if you lock him in, as somebody, if you want to move him and trade him, that team will know that they have his services for that amount of years, right? And what they have to pay him for that number, so that makes it attractive because you're like, all right, if you sign him up for this deal, you're like, all right. He still has three to four years left. He's going to have to play out this contract. It was the max at the time. Then you move Mike. Mike the worry that I have is if he doesn't come back with an improvement, if he doesn't learn how to shoot, then maybe his trade value, instead of you acquiring like a, a, a high first-round pick, maybe maybe you don't get that. Now, he's so young, and I get it. But, I mean, the biggest thing, and this has been talked about all over the airways around here, is that, listen, you fire your current. Whoever the hell your current shooting coach is, you fire. And I understand he's working with somebody else, and apparently he's also working with a sports psychologist. But, you know, my whole thing is, if you just watch the guy shoot, he shoots off one leg. He's fading away. He never squares up. I just want him to come down on the dribble, square up, pull up from the elbow, and bang. I know. It's going to be and 6'11". There's nobody that's covering him that's going to be able to block
0: it. He'd rather dribble around in circles.
1: Well, and the other thing is, okay, okay, so listen, if he can't get that 15-footer or a 12-footer, that we're praying that that can happen. There's other things he could do to improve his game. Like he could come up with a floater. Yeah. You look at a guy like Giannis, right? Giannis just won the MVP, right? Yeah. If you look at him, when that guy goes to the – when he dribbles, he goes in there with authority because he's a monster. Now, apparently, I also read some that they want to put pounds of muscle on him. Now, again, I don't know if that's
0: – They want to put baseball. muscle on Simmons?
1: That's on Simmons. They want him to gain 20 pounds.
0: No, I don't but think that's necessary. He's cut. I mean, I, I don't I don't see that as
1: I, – I don't. Think he's not he's a better.
0: power forward. I, he I don't mean? know if they
1: want to just get him stronger to, like, go to the hole, like Giannis. But the other thing is this. Okay, you might not be able to hit a 12- to 15 footer, pull up whatever pressure's on, but you'll be damn sure if you don't improve your free throw percentage, Yeah. what was he this year? 58%, 59%? I know it was under 60. If he doesn't move that up to 70, and be willing and not be scared to go to the foul line, that's the other thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like, don't be scared. Because look at a guy like James Harden, right? The guy scores a ton of crap, like a ton of points. Why? Because the guy goes to the free throw line like
0: 15 right. times the game. Right, he's 13 maybe for 15 way. from the stripe. He yeah. hits a couple of three right. balls. Now he's got a 25-point game.
1: It, it, you know, it's So if Ben Simmons gets you 10 to 12 points, but then can get you another 10 to 12 on the free throw line, maybe now he's averaging 22 points a game as opposed to this 17 or 18 that he averaged. So, and listen, if the one thing the Sixers showed you, they got a lot of trust in Embiid and Simmons, but what they also said is, we don't want young players on our team. This is our window right now in the next three years. We got to get it done. Yep. And the, the other thing is, too, you know, Brett Brown, he's on, you know, like Charles Parker came out and said it. So, one way or the other, if, if Simmons doesn't learn how to shoot, whatever, and they don't make it to the NBA Finals, you know, Brett Brown could be packing his bag. So,
0: so Jimmy Butler, Harley Nughey, J.J. Redick, thanks. Good luck. Welcome in Richardson, yeah. Horford, and company, the draft picks. And you see what happens with Tobias Harris, Joel, Ben Simmons, Richardson, Horford as your starting five. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's jump oh, to on. The, yeah, go ahead. Hold on, real quick.
1: Quick little tidbit. I don't know what this says, but it made me worry a little bit. Those of us that are foodies in this country or in this state, but Matisse, the bully, doesn't eat red meat. No cheesesteaks for him.
0: Cut him tomorrow. Trade him. Cut him or trade him. All right.
1: right. You might have to give him a chicken cheesesteak, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Brutal.
0: Brutal. (laughs) Uh, To the National Hockey League, where free agency also kicked off, the Philadelphia Flyers didn't make much of a splash, mainly because they made their moves before free agency. I said it last podcast, I like the additions of Niskanen and Braun on defense. Both guys played 20-plus minutes last year on playoff teams. You add Hayes. You sign him, you lock him in. $7 mil a year is a lot, but he was going to get that on the open market. Matt Duchesne got $8 million a year. Not trying to compare the two players, but Matt Duchesne, from some people I have talked to that know him very well, he's not the best guy in the dressing room. He's a little selfish at times. So, you're going to pay $8 million for Duchesne. The bread man, Artemi Panarin, got like $11 million a year from the Rangers. And I know Flyers fans are like, oh, the Rangers, the Devils. I get it. Okay. Wayne Simmons signs with the Devils. They had those high draft picks, both teams, both hated rivals. I get it. But the Flyers, again, like you want to talk about trust the process, John Mita? You have to have some patience. They are not winning the Stanley Cup. That is not like, that's the goal, yes, but it takes time. And I think Flyers fans need to understand that. You're going to have a rookie goalie this year who's going to get his real first taste of the National Hockey League. Now, does he stand on his head? Does he win the Vesna? Does he carry him in the playoffs? That could happen. But you need to solidify and fortify the defense in front of him. I feel like they've done that. And they, they got a second-line center in Hayes. They locked him up. And so, right now, the Flyers, I feel like, are a better team than they were a year ago. I feel like they're a playoff team. Don't look at, you know, don't compare him down the road to what the other teams picked up, did or didn't do in free agency. There's a lot of money being chucked around. Matt Zuccarello signed in Minnesota at $6 million a year. And he's not exactly a spring chicken. And he got a five-year deal. So, you know, people want to criticize the Hayes contract at $7 million a year. At least he's young. At least he's on the upswing. And he's had a good rapport in the past with your head coach, Elaine Vigneault. So I like what the Flyers did. I think they get back in the playoffs. The rest of the NHL free agency, you know, the Flyers didn't have a lot of money to spend because they had to re-sign some of their free agents, some of which are still not signed, like Provorov and Konechny. They get those deals done. I think you got a better team than a year ago. I think you have a more established team because of the veteran presence on the blue line. And as I said before, it is now you know what, or get off the pot time for some of these young defensemen. They have to take the next step. They've got older guys to shelter them a bit and help them along. But some of these young guys, you now have to see, how do they handle big minutes in the NHL?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I, I love I love their I mean, you finally freed some new life to defense, and a couple of veterans to go with some of the young talents that we have. Big step, Carter Hart. Here it is. I mean, they re signed Brian Elliott um, to back him up. So, uh, what does that tell you? The job is Carter Hart. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the Hayes move. They definitely, you know, I still think they're missing another goal scorer. Yeah, I don't know why you feel
0: that way, though. I don't know why you feel that way. Are
1: you serious? You can't be serious. Are you
0: serious right now? Yeah, I told you that when you texted me, they need one more score. I don't think they need another score. Well, tell me who's going to like the lamp
1: for this team, and but, I'll say, okay. Okay. So, Don't talk to me. You're you, the you, your
0: boy Konechny, right? On the rise. Yeah.
1: I expect him to do.
0: Okay. Yeah. Drew can score goals, Jake Voracek can score goals. Hayes, you're banking on now, you're paying him to score 20 or 25 goals. That's the reality of this thing. All right. They've got a lot of skill coming up through the farm system. We'll see how they handle it. You know, is it Farabee? Is it Frost? Like, they're going to need some of those kids to contribute. There's no reason you can't expect offense from your D with guys like Provorov and Ghost. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing for the Flyers, in my opinion, last year was keeping it out of their net. And they're going to be a team that's coached now to keep it out of their net, as I said before here on the Brotherly Love podcast. So I am more of the thinking keep it out of your net. Slim your goals against down by 20 to 25 goals from a year ago and you're going to win a lot more hockey games and that to me is the biggest difference for this team. Don't look at well they don't score enough. Look at they're going to keep it out. They're going to be a top 10 team defensively I'm not guaranteeing that I'm just saying but if they are they're a way better hockey club than a year ago.
1: I mean I hear you I i just, Couturier I
0: think- Coming yeah, off I mean, a thirty-three I, goal season, JVR I, I, paying him a lot of money.
1: Well, I know. Well, again, you know, he was kind of a bit, a little bit of a disappointment. Wouldn't you agree with that? I,
0: I've, he's been a disappointment his whole career. Well, that's true. How about okay. Nolan Patrick, second overall pick?
1: What? Yeah, I mean, we really, I know. I mean, there's guys they need to step up.
0: Yeah, I mean- guys have to guys have to deliver. But if they're better defensively, they play a better brand of hockey, a more responsible brand of hockey, they protect their young goaltender, the goals against Slim's down, now you don't need four to win every night. Now you can win games three to two.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with that. Certainly.
0: I mean, they had three guys with 66 or more points last year in, in Voracek, Couturier, and Giroux. And they had, like, 520 goal scores. I th- Again, I think you need the young kids to take the next step you need the D to be more solid. You need Hart to live up to the billing. There's going to be some figuring it out. You know, a new coach, new system. I don't think it's going to be all roses, but I think they're a better team defensively, and that's how you win Stanley Cups. And yeah, be patient well, I, for crying out loud.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, listen, they're still in a building phase, yes. in my opinion. I mean, yes. I still think they're still, like, two years away from really competing. You have a, first,
0: a first-year GM so to speak, right? right? He has experience, right. but first year, full year at the organization. You have a first right. year coaching staff, essentially. You have a first year goaltender, essentially. Like, it's going to take some time. Now, do they have a ton of time with Jeru and Vorchek getting up there in age? No. You know, I'm not thinking this is a four or five year plan, but I think they make improvements yeah. this season, and then you see what comes your way for the following year. But don't rule out. A sneaky good Flyers team this season. That's all I'm saying.
1: Well, I mean, if you just get in. I mean, you get into the playoffs. Yeah. Amen. God knows what can happen, especially in this league.
0: I mean, the Blue Jackets been- upset the, you know, 60-win Tampa Bay Lightning. Hello. They Hello? swept them. I know. For crying out loud. Um, all right. Holler at me on the fills real quick here because they seem to have stabilized a little bit after that. Yep. You know, the seven. What turned out to be a seven-game skid. Now, if they stop playing the Marlins, they appear to be fine. Thank God they, you know, had a 4 gamer against the Mets. But uh, you know, I, I want you to take this with a little bit of a grain of salt, John Mita. But your boy Bryce Harper, he might be growing on me a little bit.
1: Wait a minute, he just hit into a double. Yeah, I know. Right I'm watching. Now. I'm watching on and my and cell and phone. And and Wait a minute. And now, and now he's dead to me. Money? He's back. He's dead to me again now. Uh, here we go. You know, I think here he's he's just
0: growing on me a little bit, Johnny meter Yeah. Okay. Because Tell he's he's, continu- okay. he's continuing that. to play hard. He's okay. continuing to hustle, although stupidly at times, trying to take an extra base, stealing home. Okay. Sure. I still would like to see the average above two fifty yeah. consistently. But I think I think what I've settled into is that this is the new Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, on a good year, might hit you 260, 265, and you're going to get your 100 RBIs and your 30 dingers. And you know what? I think I can live with that for a decade. I don't know you're going to get it for a decade, but if he put up, you know, 30 a year, 260-plus, that's today's average, you know, nobody... Not that many guys are in 300-plus anymore. I think I can live with that. I didn't didn't like all the hype. I didn't like all the money and the length of the contract. I didn't like the fanatic shoes. I didn't like how, you know, everything was so Philly for him right off the hop. We went over all this. But I think I'm settling in to Bryce Harper hitting you, again, if he can get there, 260, 30 dingers and 100 RBIs. And I think I'll take that. I think I'll take that.
1: Well, I mean... No, he's I, not I, winning I, the
0: MVP. He's not getting... You know what I mean? Like, you have to manage the expectations. This is the new Bryce Harper. What did he hit? 240 last year? 249 or something with the, with the uh, Nationals? I mean, this yeah, is...
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: This, is, this Somebody, is him.
1: You know, I don't know if you're being sarcastic or what, but... I'm not! I, I said it at the start of the I mean, I said, listen, you know, people's expectations, you know, they pay a guy $25 million. All of a sudden... Uh, $33 million a year, wasn't it? All right, well, yeah, yeah, but it, it really equates like. Well, his career there, is 276.
0: It, He's a career 276 hitter.
1: Right, right. So, okay.
0: my feeling last like, year was 249. He's at right. 250 this year. Yeah,
1: well, you know, people's expectations were, you know, this guy's going to hit 280, 290, driving 45 home runs and 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 or hit 45 home runs and drive in 130 RBIs, which is just. You know, the only person who's probably going to do that is Christian Yellich, and that guy's just been absolutely on fire again this year. I mean, for a guy that's so small, it's just amazing. I mean, obviously the baseball's a little juicy days, but I agree with you. I mean, if you get that for a decade, that's good. And then the other things, like, here's the deal, man. The one thing I like, the guy plays hard. You know what I mean? Like, does he make some bad decisions stealing home, trying to – Get a triple out of a double, sure, but at least he's he's giving maximum effort, you know. And and, and that and that's kind of but like, I agree with you. If he can do that, I mean the big problem with this baseball team is the damn pitching. I mean the bullpen is just horrendous. Yeah, they stink. Starters are just. How about dang. how about Kapler and the people, other night? Hold on, hold on. Can people and I want people to write in the podcast. Hold for the radio. All the Tommy Hunter lovers out there, I don't know who you are, but if you're a Tommy Hunter lover, please text me, email me, and explain your reason. Now he's coming off the DL. I mean, you would think Tommy Hunter. You would think he's Dennis Eckersley for God's sake. You name. would think lights
0: out, lights out, Lidge in 2008 is coming off the. I uh, oh uh,
1: Tommy Hunter. He, could, you know, he could get that lefty out. Like get, oh, please, Tommy Hunter, stop. Hunter. Anyway, but, again. I can't wait
0: to text you every time Tommy Hunter has a clean inning. He's better than Juan Nicasio. He's better than Juan Nicasio. And he's better He's better than that Garcia clown. He's better than the Hammer, J.D. Hammer. He's, he's got to be. How could you not be better than those guys? Well,
1: I love some J.D. Hammer. I mean, the guy, he's young, man. He's young.
0: Uh. Yeah, their bullpen stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Uh, what else you got for me? Anything? I think you got a little spread the love, or damn that's tacky. Oh, yeah. You got something for me? What do you got? Well, I, I, I,
1: well, well, here. Let's. I can't even remember my damn that's tacky, but I'm gonna go to. Uh, I'm gonna go to spread the love, okay. and uh, here's the deal. I, sometimes I tend to ruin people's moments. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spread the love for one of my best friends in the world, Mike Ozicki, and, and Colleen McGee, they actually got engaged this evening on the beach in South Carolina. Wow! So, let me, so, so I'm so happy for them. They've been together forever. I knew he was going to pull the trigger at some point. He told me he was going to do it. I didn't know what day. So the funny part of this story is the fact that I had a question to ask him about a rental property because I'm in the market on the big move coming up, and one of his friends might have a property. And don't you know? He's on Bended Day, and his phone rings,
0: and who do you think that calls from? <sighs> John yeah.
1: Mita. Ah! Oh, I told him, I said, listen, turn your phone off. My God.
0: No, you're not it's, thinking of that. Nobody's thinking of that. Come on, John Mita. you got to have your Spidey sense going, man.
1: Uh, listen, I didn't know. He didn't give me the day. Uh,
0: so, hey. You blew it.
1: Congratulations, Mike and Colleen. I was happy to be a part of these games the process. Round of applause. So,
0: there's my spread the love. All right. Good job. Way to blow way to blow the moment. At least I got some applause in there for him. <laughs> Thank um,
1: you. You're a good friend and partner.
0: My Thank spread you. the love goes to the U.S. Women's World Cup team, advancing to the World Cup final, and my girl, Alex Morgan. Woo. That's right. Turned 30 today. Happy birthday, Alex! She is an absolute saint and a hell of a soccer player. And without Megan like her- Rapino today, they got it done beating England two to one. Well,
1: did you like her teacup trolling
0: celebration? I loved Think it. Like- it was creative. Uh-huh. It was in the moment, but it wasn't over the top. It was sucking on uh-huh. that one England. So uh, hopefully uh-huh. on Sunday, the U.S. is able to hoist said World Cup. Because a lot of those ladies are going to have to hang them up. Because four years from now, well, that's a long time. And as we all know, the World Cup comes once every four years. So, good job to what? Team USA Women's Soccer. Moving on. Well, how about how about how oh, about Coco? Let's get to Coco in one second. Give me one more second on the Women's right. World Cup here, because right. there's you been know. a lot made about the the difference in pay between the men's team and the women's team. And I've seen some of those numbers. And I think I saw that the women's team would get around a hundred grand or so by getting to the semifinals of the women's World Cup, which they now have just advanced to the final. And I believe uh-huh. I read that if it was the men's team that had gotten that far, they'd each have gotten like a half mil. So, yeah,
1: well, well, because they know that that's, that's a not little possible. absurd. U.S. men's
0: yeah. Men yeah, all their bonuses correct. are through the roof because they ain't getting there.
1: Correct. That would be my
0: point. All right, what do you got on Coco?
1: Well, I mean, just what an unbelievable moment, you know, um, her taking out Venus Williams. She's 15 years old, enters Wimbledon. One of her heroes of all time is Venus, and she takes her out. I mean, it's just, there's only been a couple people to, to do that. You're talking like Steffi Graff, you know. I mean, it, it's, it, what an unbelievable moment. I just want to give her a little love because, You're taking out one of the greatest tennis players, probably as far as a woman's tennis player. I mean, Venus has got to be in the top ten all time. Oh, of course,
0: both both Williams sisters are. But what? How cool is that though to be
1: be number one? Yeah.
0: How cool is that to to come up through the ranks to idolize those sisters to finally get a chance to play one in a big moment, Uh, something that you know they Coco probably dreamed about. You know, and. That's really cool stuff to get it done I have the uh, I looked up the exact figures um, should the women's team win it all they can get a maximum of two sixty thousand dollars basically just under 261 thousand per player the men could they win it all could get 1.1 $1. 1 million and that's just the US national team so basically wow. five times the pay in gender inequality. Uh, also, shout out Ertzie babe, Ertzie babe, Julie Ertz on babe. that on that squad. So, um, and she looks like she gives Zach a run for her money in the weightlifting department. She is, uh, yeah. she's strong. All right, that's yeah. all I got, Johnny Meta. Any uh, closing thoughts?
1: Closing thoughts. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people think the Sixers are the team to be in the East, and there's one last free agent, one last shoe to drop, and if Kawhi Leonard. Goes out to the Lakers again. Just give me another reason to hate those that team out there. Even though I have a lot of great deal of respect for Kawhi, and I know he wants to go home, but my God, um, if he goes out west, the East is there for the taking.
0: Sixers it's opened at ten ahead. to ten to one odds. I saw today to win it all. His third best, I, I believe, between the behind two, the Bucks and the Lakers. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, two weeks ago they were at sixteen to one. There you
0: go. So, so Vegas thinks they, thinks they improved. John Midas thinks they improved. I guess we'll find say, out come October, November. I guess
1: yeah. we could shake off a back point guard off the point guard trade.
0: Yeah, man, yeah, man.
1: Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. That's all I got
0: to Yeah, holler at your boy, Johnny Mita. Hopefully I'll see you in the coming days, my friend. Appreciate everybody tuning you know, in. The Brotherly Love lot. Podcast. <laughs> the Brotherly Love Podcast on Twitter, happy love podcast for John Mita, Joe Donnell. Till next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love
1: Podcast on SoundCloud.com.